News, politics, and special guests with a Texas twist. That's the goal of the Luke Macias Show. Our nation and state are at a crossroads, and if you're not informed, you're not equipped to make the change that our community needs. Join the conversation and join the cause for liberty today. Welcome to uh, episode 40 of the Luke Macias Show. We have got a great conversation to bring to you today and very timely in regards to uh, just a current issue that's bubbled up to the top of the cultural debate, and Texas is on uh, the tip of the spear. We're leading the way. Uh, and unfortunately, we're also uh, leading the way when it comes to uh, you know cases in the courts where parents' rights uh, are trying to be removed, but we're also seemingly leading the way in uh, saying no to that. And that's thanks to a Democrat judge's ruling to overrule the jury and to give uh, Jeff Younger, the father of seven-year-old James Younger, the right to veto the transgender uh, brainwashing of his child. And so um, I just want to tell you what we're going to talk about today because it's it's pretty important. Um, just to give context, we were really excited when last week Matt Walsh and then Ben Shapiro uh, brought uh, up to a lot of people the case of Jeff and James Younger. Uh, and they asked the governor publicly, you know, what are you going to do about this? And Governor Abbott responded, um, and we're really grateful for for their willingness to to ask him publicly so that he could be in a position to respond and tell everyone that he had the attorney general and CPS looking into uh, the James Younger situation. And, uh, and so that brings up kind of today's story, which is um, a conversation with Krista McIntyre, who is um, a tireless leading advocate for parents when it comes to CPS issues. We sit down with Chris today and we talk about a case that she was involved in where CPS, um, and this is this year, where CPS pushed transgender ideology on parents, literally encouraging them to uh, push confusing, uh, unscientific, uh, you know, sexual really just experimentation on their child through transgender ideology. And so uh, we bring this story to you in a conversation with Krista McIntyre. It's really important because, um, you know, the governor, I don't think knew um, what, when he said, you know, DFPS is looking into this issue, Texas's CPS agency is looking into the case of James Younger. Uh, I don't think that he in any way suspected that CPS uh, is maybe a little bit tainted on this issue, that they are a state agency that seems to have at least some people. Um, and, and there's some troubling facts that you're going to find out if you just listen to this 20 minute conversation we had. In fact, when the CPS showed up to the family, because one of the accusations specifically was that they weren't encouraging the gender transition of their child, um, they had a special caseworker that they actually said specialized in these type of issues. And then they provided the parents with some materials, and those will be on the uh, post that we post with this episode. You'll be able to see those materials that they gave them that actually pushed encourage them to push the child into programs that would further um, lie to them and further encourage them to try to be a gender other than the gender that they are. And so, um, uh, again, I don't think our statewide officials uh, are aware of what CPS is doing. And our goal in bringing you this story today is that we can start the conversation and so that Texas state officials can uh, jump into action and start asking CPS some questions. Because I think following uh, Texans listening to this episode, they're going to have some questions 
for CPS. Uh, this is our taxpayer dollars. So for those of you who purchase things, for those of you who pay franchise taxes, for those of you who you know write your tax bill on a regular basis and send the government your licensing fees and all of that, know that that money is actually getting used to hire state employees that are going to families' homes and telling them to transition their children. They are telling them to be part of the radical sexual revolution um, of, uh, and that is attempting to try to transition children. Um, and then the James Younger situation is kind of the worst of the worst, right? It's a child who at three years old had his mother telling him to that he was a girl, um, that, you know, uh, and dressing him up in dresses and painting his fingernails and uh, doing other things that are that come with psychologically conditioning or brainwashing a small child into believing something that the adults in the room have conspired to convince them of. And so um, for those of you who haven't followed that story, you can go back. Our very first episode of this podcast was a conversation with Jeff Younger that you can watch and uh, further understand that story. But, but I really wanted to take this to the next level because James is one of hundreds of children. Um, so his particular case was brought up to us last week and it gained a lot of attention and a lot of people saw the stuff that we had done on that and began sharing it with their friends. And we're very grateful for that. But this is one of hundreds of situations. And so <coughs> our goal is to uh, continue to bring you more information so that you can be aware of just how deep this battle uh, is and how wide it is and, and how many issues we have and how many fronts we have to fight. So with nothing further ado, I'm going to move directly on to the conversation uh, with Krista McIntyre after a quick word from uh, our sponsor. Thank you. Guys, our sponsor for today's show is Patriot Academy. PatriotAcademy.com. You have heard me talk about this organization, but um, this truly is, for many students, a life-altering event. Um, I cannot tell you how many 16, 17, 18, 20, 25 year olds that have gone to this leadership program and come out with a, an entirely new direction for their life. You can go to patriotacademy.com to find out where they do these events, but essentially they take these students and they go through a week of being a legislator. They actually debate in the in the Texas House of Representatives, in the uh, Delaware House of Representatives, Idaho House of Representatives. It's an incredible experience. I have been involved with them. I believe in what they do. In fact, if you contact them and tell them that you heard about them through the Luke Macias show, I will contribute toward your uh, fee of actually attending. If you know a student that needs to go, that needs direction for their life, they're going to have an opportunity to learn about worldview, about free market economics, about the values that hold society together, and they're going to have an opportunity to be equipped to be a part of making the change that our community, our state, our nation need. So patriotacademy.com. We're grateful for their willingness to sponsor this podcast, and we also want to encourage each and every one of you to check them out. Please do so today. So, uh, Krista McIntyre, thank you so much for sitting down with me today. I'm really grateful that you actually took time to drive all the way here into Fort Worth um, to uh, sit down and talk with me about what I think is uh, probably a really big uh, issue. To give listeners, our listeners and watchers, uh, viewers, a, a little bit of background, can you just tell us a little bit about what you end up spending other than being a wife and a mother and, uh, you know, taking care of your family, what ends up taking a lot of your time with the organization you're involved in? 
So family rights advocacy started out as just lobbying for parental rights mm -hmm. in regards to anything related to parental rights. And we turned into a CPS group. We had mm -hmm. families calling us asking, what do we do? And when we first started, I didn't know, but we started um, just kind of digging our heels in and trying to figure out what was going on. And we saw a lot of corruption and mm -hmm. a lot of parental rights being totally uh, messed with, lack of due process, a lack of accountability within the department. And so we now help families under CPS investigation and we help them to be successful. We help their children from being traumatized and we hold the department accountable. So we're going to have you back to have kind of a longer conversation mm -hmm. about CPS cases, CPS reform, and all these different issues when it comes to parental rights. That's a, mm -hmm. an issue I think we all care about a lot. We mm -hmm. all have kids. Um, even the ones with, that don't have kids that think about having kids right. or have other kids that are grown and have other kids, you know, yes. it, it affects everyone. And so um, we want to talk about that more, but I reached out to you because I had recalled a story you had told me. Um, so, uh, you know, there's this uh, controversial case in DFW regarding a, a young boy who's seven years old whose mother's transitioning him against his father's permission, and, and that is an issue we've covered a lot on our podcast. And so, anyways, it came to a head this last week um, in the court system, yeah. and we saw that Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, uh, ended up putting pressure on our governor to, to say something about it, and our governor reacted, and we're very appreciative of that. So he went out and said, you know... <clears throat> Texans, I want everyone to know that I've directed DFPS and the and the Attorney General's office. They're they're both looking into this issue, right? Right. right. Uh, I should read his tweet. I don't want to you know misquote him, but he basically mm -hmm. said you know DFPS and the AG are looking into it. Don't yes. worry, right? I mean, yeah. and it, not don't worry, but just they're they're getting involved. And so, um, my uh, just to make sure people watching this know that what ended up happening in that case is the judge who's a Democrat elected judge ended up overturning the jury and giving the father essentially veto uh, authority over the transitionary therapy that his son's getting. So both parents have to agree they don't right now. So his seven year old son won't be, um, you know, further transitioned to be a girl, but I found it really important. Um, you know, the James is this young boy who's one of a lot of, children in Texas yes. that are in this situation. Yeah. And so uh, you are familiar uh, with a situation regarding CPS and the transgender issue. Yeah. And when Governor Abbott tweeted that out, the DFPS was looking into it, I thought it only appropriate that at this time we bring some information to Texans about kind of how CPS has maybe handled this issue before. Mm -hmm. And so why don't you, that's my passing the torch to you mm -hmm. to tell us uh, whatever you can tell us, I know we're, we're not going to talk about this family's name, where they're from, anything like that. We don't want to, I mean, they love their child as well, and there's no reason to bring them specifically into this, but you're somebody who's been handling, I mean, working with hundreds of families, dozens mm -hmm. of families all across the state. So tell us about this particular case and how CPS handled the issue of transgender ideology. Yeah, so when Governor Abbott put out the information that he was involving uh, DFPS, I know many reactions were great. Mm -hmm. He's doing something. And if they only knew what goes on with the department, they mm. would have pause like I did. Um, unfortunately, DFPS, in my experience, when you have a child who wants to transition or a child that has a gender dysphoria and CPS gets involved, in my experience, they encourage the child to do so, and they encourage the parents to do so, and if they don't, then there are consequences. Mm. 
so the family that I had, um, they reached out to me. They, they knew they were under investigation and they wanted to know their rights. They wanted to know, you know how to handle mm-hmm. it. And in any investigation, um, children being interviewed is traumatic. Mm. And so we don't always advise our families to go through with an interview. Mm. So this particular child um, said you know, that he wanted to be um, a girl. He wanted to be called something different. Than what he was, and this is a child in their teens, yes. like kind of you know mid-teens yes. range. Okay, the, just to provide context. Yes, it, it was a teenager, um, and he called CPS himself. Mm. And I'm going to get back to why that's important. So remind me if I forget. But okay. he called CPS himself, and um, when the parents called me, I kind of went over everything, and we arranged for CPS to come to the home. Yep. Uh, part of the allegations were that he was not being fed. So mm. it was, he's not being fed and he's not being able to transition into a girl and be accepted as a girl. Mm. So this was my first case like this. Every mm. case that I had yep. before that was pretty standard yes. child abuse and neglect. Yes. Um, and so I had invited um, a couple of more people with me to serve as witnesses. And yes. there was an, an attorney and another advocate there. And, um, CPS, whenever they come, they usually come with one investigator. They brought two. Okay. And when the department brings two, and I'm not aware of it when it's yep. when it's happening, I will make the second investigator stay in the car. Um, and so that's what we did. We came to the door, <clears throat> let him in, and I said, I'm so sorry, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to stay in the car. Wasn't aware that you were coming. I don't mm-hmm. know who you are, the family doesn't know who you are. Yep. And uh, the original caseworker said, no, 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 she's got special training in these types of allegations. Ah. And normally I would have said, that's great, you can go sit in the car. Yeah. Um, but this was new to me and I wanted to see what, what she had to, and, to and, offer the family. And the, uh, I guess what you further learned is that when they said specific training in these, they weren't referring to the food, Correct. right? She's not like a right. food expert. She's not a food expert, okay. no. So... Um, they came in, and this family was under an alternative response investigation. Okay. So there's technical allegations, which are not letting him, or not accepting him as a girl, not letting him transition, and then not feeding him. Mm-hmm. Alternative response, the department will sell this to the state as this is a less traumatic experience for the family. We're going to investigate you because there aren't really allegations of child abuse and neglect, but we believe that you have the potential to be a child abuser. Got it. So they come in and they offer help because the government definitely knows how to raise your children for you. So we're going to provide you with these resources to help you raise your children. So they came in and um, they went over the allegations and then they provided services. Mm. Now, in an alternative response case, you do not have to accept the services that they provide. Yep. Um, the services that they provide, it was um, a two-page document, and it had multiple classes on um, drag, uh, LGBT, I mean, a, a range of options for the family to choose, but none Got of it. them were outside of this. This ideology. Yes. And so um, while we were there and they offered these services, you know, I said, let's go on to the the food. You know, we need Mm -hmm. to address the allegations of the food. Would you like to look in the pantry? Would you like to look in the refrigerator? Because that's standard. No, we're good. And so standard meaning that normally if there's an abuse claim that somebody's not being fed, you'd look in the pantry, you'd look in the fridge, you'd say, hey, do, do we know that this child is receiving the nourishment 
right. that he or she needs. Right. And in an alternative response case, sometimes when somebody says, I'm not being fed, it's because the family's poor. Got it. So even though poor is not child abuse and neglect, it is very normal for CPS to come in and say, can we look in your pantry and yeah. your fridge Just under those yes. allegations? So they, they repeatedly said, no, we, we don't need to see the, the pantry. Mm. We don't need to see the fridge. And mm. um, they just wanted to focus on these services. So the way we do things when the department offers services is we ask the family outside of the department's presence, you know, what kind of services do you want for your family? These are your children. Your, mm. your child is possibly struggling with something yep. and, and you're in charge. So what would you like to do? Mm-hmm. So they picked counseling services on their own. They picked yep. independent counseling services on their own and they attended them. And we provided multiple letters and documentation that this family was sending their child to their preferred counselor. Yep. Now in an alternative response, if you deny the services, they have the ability to transition it to a traditional investigation, mm-hmm. which means there are allegations there's a disposition, yes. and you have the possibility of being on a child abuser registry. Yep. So because the family denied these you know, services, um, eventually they got put into a traditional investigation. Mm. Now, CPS didn't tell the family that that's what they were going to do, mm. which is no surprise to anybody. They mm-hmm. don't follow their own rules. So we didn't know that was the direction it was going because they never yes. told us or the family. Um, but they ended up getting um, an unable to determine. Mm. And most people, including legislators, believe that if you get a reason to believe, which is CPS's version of guilty, yes, then that is the disposition that lands you on a child abuser registry. Yes. But all of them land you on the child abuser registry yes. except for ruled out. Yes. And even ruled out, you're still in a database yep. forever. So unable to determine means we think this person might be abusing their child. Well, by by definition, confirm nor deny. Isn't that right? I mean, meaning if I say I can neither confirm nor deny, it means I think it might be happening, but I can't prove it. Yes. Which is unconstitutional in every way. But, but, and I I know you and I've, I've been involved in a number of CPS cases, you know, just from a involvement on the parent side, not Mm -hmm. personally, but, um, but with other people who have had these accusations made against them and who have also received this letter unable to determine. That's mm-hmm. when I realized that they can, they can kind of punish you yes, it's retaliation. for not giving them 120% access to everything they want, doing exactly what they tell you to do, t- going to the transitionary pro transitionary therapy that they potentially recommend that you look into right. for not letting them direct how you exactly should parent. Yes. They can basically punish you and say, we don't know if you're an abuser. Right. And now you're on a database mm-hmm. that says you might abuse your kids. Exactly. You might not. You Maybe. Might. We're not sure. But if the family gets another CPS report from a vindictive neighbor, from yep. anything, the way that family is treated during the next CPS it's investigation, very it's very aggressive. Yep. And, you know, we have this misunderstanding that we have rights. And we do have a constitutional right to say no to all the demands of the department. Yes, but they retaliate and they have yes. the ability to retaliate. Yep. So it's this, it's this, you know, art of compromise. Yes. And with, um, that particular family that was dealing with this, they did everything right. They mm-hmm. provided the department with services mm-hmm. that they were involved in. They mm-hmm. let the family in the home and certain circumstances. I won't let no, no, the agency, or excuse the me. They let yeah, the yeah. agency no, in I the know. home. I know. I just picture, but certain circumstances, I won't let the agency in the home, but they had yep. 
the food. Yep. You know, where the child's not eating. Yeah. So, so we, you need to we see have to stuff. let them in to, to see it. And they weren't concerned about the food. Yep. They were only concerned about Now, the food. I want to clarify for our listeners and viewers. Um, when you say they had services they were providing, you're not referring to like CPS has its own services that are pushing right. the L, you know, the transgender ideology as much as there was documentation and you have a picture of this mm-hmm. document on yes. your Facebook page. Is that right? Yeah. It's on, it's not on the public um, page. It's on my personal page, okay. but we and can get those yeah, to you. Yeah. Why don't you get that to us sure. and we will uh, publish, we'll just publish the picture of mm-hmm. those documents um, with this, with this conversation so that people can see the reality that, and, and I just want to kind of take a step back into the irony. Cause I don't think governor Abbott, Lieutenant governor Patrick, knew. any of them knew, no, right? They didn't but know. none of them, knew before that the agency that our our officials who who I think generally agree I mean Donald Trump Jr said this is child abuse right I mean like yeah. it it's not just a couple of us here there are a lot of different officials all across the state in fact you, you could even argue that the democrat judge in this particular case in Dallas saw that the, there were some negative effects and potential consequences and she stepped in and said I want Right. Both parents to have a say in this. So, you know, she didn't even advocate necessarily for one side. And so in this situation, I the hope, and I'm so grateful for you coming on and having this conversation because I think that our officials in Texas want to know yes. if CPS is sitting down with a family. And I just want to recap this and you tell me if I'm, sure. if I'm I don't want to say anything out of uh, turn or uh, inaccurate, but CPS had a child a, you know, hurting child. You could say, um, you know, somebody who's clearly dealing with a lot of different issues mm-hmm. and struggling. And this is not a, the, the community of children who are struggling with gender dysphoria, we know are, are serious yeah. issues, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, these children are more likely to attempt to kill themselves than any other subset of children we are familiar with in this nation. And so this is not uh, anything to demonize. In fact, these children are victims within this situation. And so you have a child who's greatly hurting in a lot of pain and they decide to report their parents to CPS with two allegations. Uh, this, this child, they're not encouraging my transgender transitioning and they're not feeding me. Right. CPS responds. They -hmm. bring two people, not one. And they say that, so evidently their claim is that they have somebody at CPS that is specially trained they said it, yeah. within mm-hmm. the tr- transgender ideology. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, you, they would probably say it differently, but sure. but that's essentially what they claim is we've got somebody who knows more about this, and then that person, in in you know these two individuals, then tell the parents spend very little time talking about the fact that their child says he's not fed, right, and instead <laughs> say. Uh, we really want to know right. about this, and here is some information that is going to point you to the affirmation mm-hmm. transgender ideology, right. and that's what we are encouraging you. We, the state of Texas, the state of Texas, we employees it. paid yes. by all of us, our tax dollars, we are paying people to go into people's homes and tell them, you need to transition your child. And if you there don't transition it. your child... We're going to punish you right. by giving you an unable to determine whether you are or are not an abuser right. and putting you permanently on the child abuser registry. registry. Yeah. I mean, it would be different if they, I mean, it, well, 
I would still be irritated. But it would have been a little bit better if they would have provided different options for Correct. these services. You could and go counseling. this way or this way. They did, and nor did they ask the parents, you know, what do you want to do yes. to help your child? Yep. That was never asked. And yep. it's never asked by the way, yeah. in any case. Um, but yeah, they were never asked anything like that. And um, I had mentioned coming back to this. And so while it's on my mind, yes, he reported, he reported himself. Yes. And later on, after the investigation was over, they found out that um, there were two individuals at school that were encouraging him to do this. Hmm. And I think that's important because mm-hmm. we have our, our organization has a multitude of parents calling us that are not in CPS yet. Mm-hmm. They're calling us because their children are threatening them with CPS. Hmm. Now, I know when I was young, I wanted to wear certain things. I wanted to do certain things. And if somebody had told me that all I have to do is call CPS and I can get my way. Yeah. Come on. We can't be weaponizing this with, you know, our children. And so I think that's important. um, Well, the department is encouraging it as well. Yeah. I I think I would. uh, I don't know if my mom or dad would be happy with this, but like (laughs) I know that at some point when I was like six or seven, I probably definitely threatened to call CPS at some point. (laughs) And, um, and that's not because my parents are like two of the most loving people in the world and they're amazing parents and grandparents. And they did such an amazing job providing us not only a nurturing environment, but uh, just amazing love, care and affection. Right. You couldn't get better parents than I have. Mm -hmm. And I can I know, I think my dad, if he's watching or listening to this may even like remember that some episode, but like, I know at some point I was like, I'm going to call CPS on you, right. you know, cause I was ticked at something. Sure. So We're that's, all kids. that's like normal. Right. Uh, and, and, uh, it's, it's, it, it's sad. So, so in this case, you're saying this guy was encouraged by people at school yes, to, to call. call. Do we think, and I don't know the facts, but like, is the assumption that these were like peers or they were peers. Okay. okay so what, they, it wasn't like teachers at the school that not, we, not, not that, that we know, know of, of. Yeah, yeah, but understood. it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, but no, we these can play were the unable peers. to determine. Right. <laughs> uh, we're unable to we determine whether his principal. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we won't play that game. So, so we think these ones were, were peers of his that were saying, yes, you need to call. You need to call. Yes. Yeah. And these peers were, um, they were lesbians of, you know, they were proclaimed lesbians. And again, this is not to me, it's not a matter of, transgender, lesbian, gay, it's a matter of the government telling a parent yep. that they need to encourage whatever behavior. I don't yes. care what it is. That's yep. not the government's job. Yep. But if you have two teens of another family mm-hmm. who might be struggling with their own stuff yep. or their parents are okay with it and that's fine. That's their yep. parents' you know, job. Um, but we're encouraging this child to do it and then they call CPS and mm. now we have... A, a big yes. disaster and CPS yep. does global investigating, yep. which I know we're supposed to talk about that later. So I'll yes, just later. leave we that won't alone. Go too far. Yeah. Well, Krista, I, I am so grateful that you came and sat down. I think that governor Abbott, Lieutenant governor Patrick, whoever the next Republican speaker of the house is. <laughs> and, um, you know, a lot of officials will want to know mm-hmm. that CPS currently at least in this instance and potentially in other instances have individuals within their department who specialize in this issue are willing to provide materials that push parents to deny basic human biology Mm -hmm. and advance a specific transgender ideology. Mm -hmm. This isn't happening in California. It's not happening in the, well, I'm not saying 
I'm saying the story that we're telling is not a California story. Right, a New right, York right. story, uh, you know, Vermont, I don't know, anywhere else that you think that crazy things are happening, Washington State, Oregon, it's happening in Texas. Yeah. It's happening in our communities. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a sad situation. I'm grateful that we're not talking about the, the parents' names in this situation, the child. Like I said, um, you know, the child's a victim of a culture that is lying to him. And, um, and I know the parents love him and uh, I feel for them and the situation they're in. I'm grateful for you, you. uh, because you are engaged in the fight and in the battle. So last thing I want you to tell our viewers and listeners is how, how can they support you? The work you do, where can they find out more information about what you do? So you can find us online, um, on familyrightsadvocacy.com on Facebook, um, the best thing that you can do to help your own family is if CPS comes to your door, they call you, say thank you for your concern. If I can have your business card, I'll call you back tomorrow. Call us or call an attorney. I do not think it is wise to do any CPS investigation alone because of all the things that I've witnessed. Um, we would love for your support by liking our Facebook page or donating to our cause. We help families completely for free. And um, we use those funds to, to drive there and help them. And when a family needs services, whatever those services might look like, we deny the services through the department and we help the family either get the services on their own or we pay for them to get them. So that's how you can help us. Thank you for all you're doing, Krista. And thank you for being willing to come on and, and tell us the story. Thank you. Thank you for those of you who stuck around and listened to that conversation. Um, guys, we've got to share this I mean, you really do. You have to send this to your pastors. You have to send this to other conservatives you know. If you know your state representative or your state senator, um, your congressman, send it to them. Tell them to listen to it. Tell them to be made aware of the fact that CPS is pushing transgender ideology. And this is a Texas state agency. This isn't California CPS. This isn't New York CPS. This isn't uh, Vermont CPS or, I don't know, whatever crazy liberal state you think has a crazy CPS system that pushes transgender ideology. This is the Lone Star State. This is Texas. This is Texas bureaucrats. Um, And we live in a state where Republicans maintain every statewide office and a majority in the House and the Senate. So anything that is happening regarding this issue that is tolerated, unfortunately, falls to us, falls on our responsibility. It will be Republicans' fault if it's not addressed, and that's why I'm proud to see several Republicans standing up loudly and saying this issue needs to be addressed, and I'm hopeful that when they see this, uh, they will continue and hear this episode, that they will continue to uh, take more aggressive action because this cannot be tolerated. Um, If you haven't subscribed to our podcast yet, please consider to do so. Uh, We will be continuing to bring you information that's relevant on Texas. We're probably most well known for uh, this story uh, and just the conversations around um, the transgender movement and how it is absolutely destroying the lives of children. Um, But it's not the only thing we talk about. We talk about guns. We talk about taxes. We talk about really news and politics uh, in Texas. So if you're in Texas, great. If you're not in Texas, then, um, you know, every one of our episodes, every other one of our episodes is probably not going to be the most relevant to you. But uh, when it comes to issues like this, I think they are ones that affect everyone. And if you are in a state outside of Texas, you need to start to try to investigate your CPS. You need to start trying to investigate your state agencies to see just how far 
this corruption runs. Thank you so much for those of you who continue to tune in. If you haven't left a review on our podcast, please consider doing so. Subscribe on any of the platforms you listen to us on, YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. And go to LukeMacias.com. Share the story there. Sign up for our email updates. We'll shoot you an email update every week as we release new episodes. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Luke Macias Show. If you value this content and want our message to spread, please consider three of the following steps. One, subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to us on and leave us a review. Two, visit LukeMacias.com and sign up for our email alerts. And three, follow Raz and I on Twitter and visit my Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash Luke Macias, Texas. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Luke Macias, Texas. Thank you so much and God bless.